2: Water section. Of course, it's not actually beer. It's Liquid Death, a new mountain spring water from the Alps that's available in still, sparkling, and three unique flavors. But why is it called Liquid Death, you may ask? Well, it's because Liquid Death donates 10% of their profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Even better is that the use of their aluminum tallboy cans is also helpful, as aluminum is infinitely recyclable and actually profitable for recycling facilities. Friends, bottled water has always been boring to me, but there's absolutely nothing boring about liquid death. I love the crisp, refreshing pop of the can when I open it, and the water simply tastes better in a can than it does out of a bottle. Add in their three unique flavors, personally, I love the lime, and the overall experience is infinitely better than any other water product. Plus, it just looks so much cooler holding a tall boy labeled liquid death that looks like you're holding a crisp, refreshing beer. So do me a favor and go get Liquid Death at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or hy Or you can find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com/packaday. That's liquiddeath.com/packaday.
1: 20 minutes a day.
3: 365 days a year. This is the Packaday podcast.
4: Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Pack a Day podcast. The Thursday edition of the Pack a Day podcast. The OG original trio of the Thursday show is here. I am Jason Perone, one third of this week's hostage. What's the word I'm looking for? You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Jason Perone, along with Mark Eckel of Packer Report. I don't know your guys's Twitter handle. So I'll let you handle that when we get to you and joining us once again, for the first time in what seems like forever is Paul Bredel of the Packers wire and Dairyland express. Paul, welcome back.
3: Hey guys. Happy to be here. Thanks for, thanks for letting me pop on.
4: Of course. It's good to have you back. And uh, we're going to talk a little Packers, little defense, and we didn't do weather last week. We had an awesome conversation. Thank you to Mark. Special thanks to Mark for setting up that great conversation with Elliot. He was really good. If you didn't if you didn't listen to it, the Eagles game is over by now, but go back and check it out because he was very insightful. He had a lot to say about the Packers too. So that was a really, really good conversation. But as we usually do, we'll start with some weather. We have everybody chimed in this week for weather. So let's let's get right to it. So it's Burr Cold Time here in the Phoenix locale, gentlemen. It was only seventy one degrees today. <laughs> And it's overcast, low of 44. So it is cold in the mornings and the the daylight is waning. So 44 overnight, 70 here in the Phoenix area. And our friend Harry, as you'll remember last year, no sunlight on his side of the mountain right now. The high is only 10 degrees, low of zero. Cold, very, very cold. That's frozen tundra. That is frozen tundra for sure. And then we loop back around to Europe where we've got quite a few entries. So our friend Alex in Poland chimes in. High 20s in the morning, low 30s during the day. That just seems right, I guess, for over there. Robin over in Oslo, Norway, Robin Erickson. Three degrees Celsius, which is 37 degrees Fahrenheit. It's actually not too bad. Gray skies, though. No rain or snow in the last couple days, so he's not complaining. So that's Robin over in Oslo. And then our friend Felix in Germany. He is in Munich, which is in southeast Germany, which is not Offenburg where he's normally at. Rather cold, thirty-nine degrees to forty-four degrees Fahrenheit, some wind, but no rain. So they're not getting rain down or precipitated, but winter has arrived in Europe. And then we come stateside and we're at Myrtle Beach, where Mark Eckel resides, and I'm always curious how things are there because sometimes it's warmer than I thought.
1: Well, it's been it's been nice. We we had a little cold spell early in the week over the weekend, but um Today Thursday was, it's going to be it's going to touch sixty. You know, right, right around six. Maybe you might get to sixty one. Sunny mornings are a little. I don't. I don't get up real early, but they tell me it's cold in the morning. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but by the time I'm rounding into form, it's you know it's going
4: to it's it's going to be
1: high fifties in into the sixties. Mark, can't, I mean I can't complain for this time of year.
4: Mark is living the everyday is Saturday life. Hey, so Mark, do you ever challenge yourself in the winter just for fun and jump in the water?
1: Oh well, we have heated pools. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm, i yes, go going all the time. The pools are heated here.
4: <laughs> yes, that's of course the water I was referring to. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> oh, you mean the ocean? Yeah. Oh, no, I don't go to the ocean. We're
4: no. Not, uh, not you know, they got the polar bears. Paul, we're yeah, gonna. I'm not one of them. No. So Paul is... I got
1: spoiled. Jason, I got spoiled to the fact where, like, I, I grew up in Jersey, and you know, so I went to the Jersey Shore all the time, and I was one of them guys like, oh, this is still, this is too cold. You know, I don't, I'll wait till it gets warm Well, here, like, it's. Sometimes the, the ocean's too warm. Like, because sometimes like you're laying on the beach and it's hot, right? So you want to jump in the ocean to cool off. You jump in the ocean, and you're, you're not really it's like
4: bathwater. It's
1: wet, but it's not. It's, it's 80 degrees sometimes.
3: Yeah. So talk talk, talk, about, cham-
1: talk
4: about champagne now, problems. Huh? Yeah, really. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah,
1: <that's right>. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, no, I don't. I don't go in the ocean. Paul,
4: have talk, you ever d- have you ever done the polar bear plunge? <laughs> I have not actually. No. Don't plan on it. No, oh, that does not entice me whatsoever. So how are we looking over in Green Bay?
3: I'm uh, not going to lie. Wednesday was awful. It was like 25 with like a 40-mile-an-hour wind. Oof. But uh, it's going to get better, which, I mean, you can only really go up from there. Going to be pretty normal moving forward, uh, high 20s, low 30s. Okay.
4: So Isaac Hanks, our meteorologist friend in Hampshire, uh, said that he had, a after a warm day in the 50s, a cold front slammed through with 40-mile-an-hour, yeah, 40-mile-an-hour winds there as well and it knocked the temperatures down into the 20s. So it's going to be cold there. He he gave a whole dissertation on the uh the weather and and I'll I'll have to read that later cuz I always love his takes on on what the weather's going to do and if it's going to be, it sounds like it's going to be a colder winter around the United States uh, overall this this season or this year because it's a La Niña year for whatever that word whatever that means. Yeah, he told us that. So La Niña means the weather patterns are off and they're they're just they're not what we're used to. And I feel like that's what's happening with the Green Bay Packers. So what a transition yeah. so there. What's right? the
1: weather going to be Sunday night or Sunday afternoon?
4: Sunday afternoon. Uh, well, this yeah, this is in the greater. So it looks like uh, it's a high of 40 degrees, partly sunny, no precipitation, low of 20. Beautiful. Yeah, it's not bad. That's not bad. So we are tasked with talking about the Packers defense against the opponent's offense after we just watched the Packers defense give up 363 rushing yards to the Eagles and the Packers still somehow only lost that game by seven points despite Aaron Rodgers missing the better part of, or maybe it was the whole fourth quarter. I can't remember. I, he did not play a sizable portion of uh, the end of the Eagles game. It sounds like he's got a chance to play against Chicago. We don't know what's going to happen there, but I guess if we want to start there and then transition into the Bears game, just real quick, that's something we, we got to go around the horn and talk about. 363. Now, listen, the Eagles have a good offensive line. They're one of the best teams in football. They've got a really good running back in Miles Sanders and, and a, a good running game, and that's that's always been, but 363 yards. Paul, I'll, we'll start with you since we haven't heard from you in, in quite some time and you do a lot of writing and talking about it in 363 yards. I'll just leave that. I'll leave it. I'll leave you with a blank slate there.
3: <laughs> yeah, it was a top to bottom failure. You know, Joe Barry was late to change. They hung out in their base nickel defense for a lot of the game, even though the Eagles are a run heavy team. And I do wonder if that reluctance to shift away from that was because of how the Tennessee game went. As you recall, the Packers used a lot of uh, six-man fronts, four defensive linemen, two edge rushers, Uh, even had Quay Walker at edge. They were blitzing more. But, of course, Ryan Tannehill picked them apart in the passing game. Um, So I wonder if there was any sort of, like, overreaction and concern about that because the eagles possess a much better passing game than what the tennessee titans do but so there was that related or inability to adjust but missed tackles i mean matt lafleur has talked about it all week and he said schematically that for the most part the players were in position to make plays they just didn't poor edges were being set which has been the issue all season long guys weren't getting off their blocks it was like i said just a, a top to bottom failure and. Obviously the bears aren't nearly as good as the Philadelphia Eagles, but in terms of challenges that they present a mobile quarterback who can make plays off script and on uh, a really good running game, uh, the Packers are going to be tested again.
4: Yeah. No rest for the, no rest for the weary, I guess. So Mark, I always texted a little bit during the game. I mean, I, I my expectations going into the game weren't very high to begin with. And it is kind of disappointing if you wanted the Packers to pull a rabbit out of a hat and, Maybe if they don't give up 363 yards, they actually have a chance to somehow steal what would have been a huge win there. But that's, like Paul said, that's a huge failure on the defense.
1: It was embarrassing. More, I mean, failure is a good word, too, but it was embarrassing, the defense. I mean, the offense played probably its best game of the year right there with the Dallas game and had a chance. I mean, you know, we're not talking about Jordan Love, but hey, the kid played pretty well. You know, they, they had a chance right till the—I mean, they go down, kick the field goal to cut it to seven— now, if the defense can just get one stop, who knows? I would have loved to have seen that, you know, to give up mm-hmm. the ball with down seven, with, with whatever with time left, mm-hmm. uh, just to see, right? But the de- Or even the defense could have stopped them prior to that. You know, they, they let them kick a 54-yard field goal that put them up 10. You know, it, it was, you can't give up 360 <laughs> rushing that's, that's that's, uh, and yet a scheme wasn't, the scheme wasn't I mean, people want to blame Joe Barry for everything. I mean, listen, I'm not a Joe Barry fan. If you remember, the three of us were together when word got out that they hired Joe Barry, mm-hmm. and all of us were kind of like, "Oh, really, Joe Barry?" But I'm not. I mean, Lafleur counted 20 missed tackles. That's that's an insane amount of missed tackles, 20. 20? And if you watch, you know, you I, I mean, yes, I don't want to watch it again. But I, if you'd watch it again, you see. I mean, the, the Jalen Hurts. I mean, the guys were there. He just made them miss, mm-hmm. and 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 they, and on on a couple of his long runs, three or four guys man, That's just that that's not Barry's fault. Barry doesn't doesn't scheme to say, hey, you know, you missed the tackle here, and then when he gets by you, then you missed the tackle. You know, no, you're supposed to tackle. And if if they tackled, those yards would have been cut in half. So it was just embarrassing. It was the defensive line got blown away by the Eagles. Now it is it is a good offensive line, mm-hmm. and it really is, but. Come on, it's, it's you're supposed to be a good defensive line too, and and they weren't. Uh, now, you know, looking forward to the Bears. Jason, you, you made a good point with the Tennessee thing, or Paul, that they, you know, Tennessee they went out to say let's stop the run, and mm-hmm. they basically they did a good job against a, re, a great running back in, in in Henry. But yeah, they left themselves so vulnerable and Ryan. They made Ryan Tannehill look like Joe Montana. Um, the Bears passing game isn't good. I mean, let's be honest, Fields is not a good, has not been a good, he runs like, Fields might run for 200 yards, but, but he might only throw for 54, I mean, um, the Bears receivers aren't scary, but this is what I said about Tennessee, and then look what they did, right, so, mm-hmm. they, they can't get gas, I mean, if Justin Fields is going to beat you throwing the ball, then let him beat you throwing the ball. Don't let them beat you by running like crazy like the Eagles did.
4: Yeah, and it's and it, the the whole point there, and we we talked about it too, was you had to stop Derrick Henry because if you don't, then everyone's going to ask Joe Barry, why did you not do the one thing right. that you obviously had to do, right? So if Justin Fields is going to beat the Packers throwing the ball. Well, then that means that he maybe had a career day throwing the ball to these receivers, which is okay. I guess you tip your cap at some point. And let's not forget, Cole commits a tight end, and he's been having a good season as it is. And the Packers are still haven't figured out how to cover a tight end, and it's 10, 12 years later. So I won't be surprised if if something big happens there. But I guess that also brings me to the way the Packers are playing. Now I know you said, you know, it's not the scheme. They did play a lot of off coverage. And so this leads me to ask the question of when you have a Jair Alexander, Jair has been, been struggling for the last couple weeks, not in his chirping, but in his play on the field is this, this kind of makes me wonder what's going on there because is there an effort issue? Is that really the scheme that Joe Barry wants to run? Because Jair Alexander could certainly get up on the line and press. And you had a couple of third and long situations that I think could have been a lot more difficult on Philadelphia if you're not letting them run free for the first 10 yards. Paul, what was your take on that?
3: Yeah, I mean, we've seen it all season long. And there's been times where he's made adjustments where we've seen, you know, like Alexander following the opponent's top receiver. Terry McLaurin is is an example of that. But ultimately they go back to, you know, he plays cover two and that's his defensive scheme and that's what he leans on ultimately. And you have to have your thing that you go to. But just given how... Pretty much every defender on this team is playing below expectations. You you obviously start to wonder is is the coaching staff matching the the player skill set to the scheme, or are they just taking the scheme and saying here go do this? And based on performance, it obviously seems like
1: the latter.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. funny
1: you say that, Paul. That's funny. while while we were, while Jason and I were talking before we started recording. That's exactly what, what I said, that there isn't of the known commodities on this defense. Now, they're they're all having the opposite of what a, mm-hmm. a career year would, would be. I mean, Alexander, Clark, I mean, these are good players. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not having good years, but they're good players. Kenny Clark is still a good player. He, he hasn't played well in a while. Alexander, I thought, played as, as was bad last week. Um, you know, other guys fit in that fit in that mold. I mean, there's not one starter that's playing better than I thought he would. He has a couple backups. You mm-hmm. know, Nixon, um,
2: Rudy he's Ford. He's playing much Ford. better
1: than I thought he was just going to be a, a real good special teams player, but he's he's, he's actually played okay on defense. The uh, same with Rudy Ford. But, but you know, Savage, Alexander, Douglas, Amos, Campbell, Gary got, got hurt. He, Gary was playing okay. Gary was, I thought, was giving me what I thought I, what I, what I expected. But that's it. Preston Smith, not, not, you know, again, he he got thrust into a different role with Gary being out. So, you know, he's not a number one guy. He's more of a two or three, but yeah, nobody on his defense. And again, I'm not, this is in no way defending Joe Barry and his schemes or his getting them. And a, a lot of that I think reflects on Barry and his staff, not just Barry, but his staff, when good players, if one player isn't having a good year, you say, okay, he's just having a bad year. When your entire unit isn't having a good year, well, something, it's not, you know what I'm saying? It's
4: mm-hmm.
1: its above them. It's, it's above the player level.
4: Well, yeah. So, Mark, let me ask you a question real quick. Do you believe in the theory that defense is an attitude? Oh, absolutely. And that's kind of where I'm wondering if, if that's where Joe Barry's also coming up short is in instilling, because, you know, we heard all the stories about how he was demonstrating tackling, and it sounded like he he wanted to have an aggressive defense, and they they had some good stretches last year, they played well against the Rams in the late season game, all that, and they got to the playoffs, they won a bunch of games, and then this year, they've just, they've just regressed. Paul, what about you? The defense is an attitude.
3: Yeah, I 100% agree, and I don't think anyone has the answer to this question, but just the head, really head-scratching part for me, and just how this season has played out, is that It's the same defensive coordinator as last year. It's largely the same group of players, yet it's been a massive regression overall. When expectations were supposed to be higher, not that they were a top defense last year, but they were better last year, and they were missing, you know, Jair Alexander uh, among others. And again, looking back at it, you know, realistically we should have expected. All right, Rauzul Douglas is going to take a step back. Devondre Campbell is going to take a step back. Dean Lowry's is going to take a step back just because they played at such high levels. Those were outlier seasons. But like I said, it's just, it's baffling how far backwards this team has come with largely the same personnel. And Lafleur was asked on Monday about tackling specifically because last year the Packers ranked like second or third and missed tackles like fewest. Uh, but this year they're in the bottom third and he was asked point blank, how does that happen with the same coordinator, the same personnel? And his response and paraphrasing, but was pretty simple. It was, I don't know. And I feel like that response and that question applies to a lot of aspects about this defense. How is this happening with the same guys?
4: Yeah. And even with, and and I don't think, I mean, you lose a lot when Rashawn Gary goes out, you lose a little bit when Eric Stokes goes out, but Stokes wasn't playing great this year. And I, I'm not going to say that they've replaced him or that Kayshawn Nixon is an upgrade or however they've just chosen to mitigate him is, is that, but, I and just Campbell's
1: been out too for a month. Campbell
4: too. Now Campbell so Campbell practiced in limited fashion on Wednesday. We only have the Wednesday practice report. There weren't any defensive players that except for Darnell Savage that did not uh that didn't that didn't practice that are not already obviously on, on injured reserve. So Darnell Savage has a foot injury. He was he was hurt early in the game although he was for all Certain intents and purposes benched. You know, he didn't he wasn't he didn't start the game so he he had a foot injury early in the game didn't finish he hasn't practiced so we don't know if we don't know if he's going to play against the bears or not we talked a little bit about savage savage is kind of one of the the highlight or spotlight players in this this point or this conversation that you were bringing up there paul which is what are the answers and and what i guess you know to the, to the question of what's of what's going on and mark and i were talking before the show and we kind of likened it to what happened with ha ha clinton Dix, who showed a lot of promise and actually made a pro bowl and played well early in his career and then just the the bottom just completely completely fell out and mark it sounds like at some point i mean we're going to need stuff to talk about and write about we might you might dive a little deeper into that
1: yeah i mean it's deja vu right i mean Dix was better at savage i mean Dix's best year was like you said, a Pro Bowl year. I believe he had seven interceptions or something. I don't know. He was—he looked like a rising star. Mm-hmm. I don't—I don't. Savage's 2020 was—it wasn't as good as Dick's whatever year that was for, for Dix, but it was good. And you saw a lot of things that make you—that made you say, oh, okay, this this was a good pick. Now we know why they took him in the bottom of the first round and all that. Um, then last year, he regressed to the point where, in in my mind anyway, where just failed to make plays. But he, you know. He dropped. I don't know how many interceptions last year. The one, that the, the Vikings one is the one that really comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Probably cost him the game. I mean, they it was ruled an interception. If you remember, the, late in the game, the Packers it was a tie game. He picks off Cousins. I you know I'm I'm writing stuff down to write my story, and I I write down and I'm writing about it. And then they go to commercial. They come back and they're reviewing the play, saying and then you know he did not come down with the ball, and the Vikings kept the ball, went down and scored and won. But he had there were several plays not quite that bad, but plays where he should have made plays and didn't. Well, this year he's not even like near, like he's not, he's not dropping interceptions because he's not near the ball to, to drop it. Yeah. I don't know what happened. I really, I have no idea what's like Just like this whole defense. I have, I can't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think anybody
4: knows. What'll be interesting is the, the the Packers have some work to do with the safety position after this season. Adrian Amos' contract is up. Darnell Savage, fifth-year option was picked up, but it's clear that he's being moved around and maybe tried in different areas and not going to play like a traditional deep or, or box safety, I guess. We don't know what Brian Gutekunst is going to do, but, Paul, you have to kind of wonder if it's not in the back of his mind, like, hey, I've, I've taken some safeties. I've seen us take our safeties early. I took a safety early. It didn't work out, and I'm I'm just really curious what the approach might be to to trying to fortify the, the safety group because I like Rudy Ford, and I think he can give you some good snaps, and I think it would be be good to bring someone like him back. He's obviously very valuable on special teams as well. But the Packers need, if they're going to get back into competition and, and try to try to become competitors again, they need playmaking safeties for once and all and for all.
3: Yeah, it's honestly the head scratching part about the safety position is how little they've invested in and I know they drafted Savage in the first round but as you are roster building and go through the draft we obviously want immediate impact players but the draft's ultimately about planning ahead and next year as you mentioned Jason Savage is on a fifth year option and Tariq Carpenter a seventh round rookie those are your only safeties under contract I would have met a lot of money and I'm pretty sure we talked about this during our draft preview that they would have used a draft pick and not a seventh rounder I mean like a top 100 or a fourth round you know, within the first four rounds on the safety position, just given the outlook of it. And they didn't. And now as we look ahead to next year, they're going to, you know, be in a bind at that. And I, like you mentioned, I think Rudy Ford is someone that you could get back on a, you know, a reasonable deal. And at least with him, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get someone who plays fast and physical, and he's not afraid to stick his nose in there to make a tackle, which ultimately at the end of the day, this team needs a lot of, but it's just baffling to me how they've, I will say mishandled the the safety position and another one in that group is tight end with Josiah DeGore being the only one under contract next year as well. So there's been that all in aspect of it the last few years by Gutekinds, but at a cost, you know, positions like that long-term wise are, you know, that takes a back seat. And I think we're going to see the ramifications of that coming up. And one thing I'll mention with Savage specifically and being benched found that, Titans game obviously everyone was focused on Joe Barry and the soft coverage and being picked apart by Ryan Tannehill but that Friday that day after as the floor in his press conference even more so than the scheme he was really really stressing miscommunication in the secondary and that it wasn't the coaches who were relaying things incorrectly it was on the players and the Packers have dealt with miscommunication since week one and it hasn't improved and not every time, but oftentimes, and we don't know what percentage of these times when those miscommunications take place that it falls on Darnell Savage, but a lot of the times he was in the area when those took place. And that Titans game where they had several big plays on broken plays must have been the, the straw that, you know, broke the camel's back, so to speak. And I have to imagine that the Packers at that point point the floor was, you know, that's what led him to making the decision to, and start Rudy
4: Ford. Yeah. And I think you could also look at it. And, and if you're Joe Barry, throw your hands up and just say, look, if these guys can't figure out how to make a play, I mean, say what you will about Darnell Savage being a first rounder, the metrics, the measurables of what you wanted in a playmaking safety, the Packers and Andy Herman talked about Andy talked about this on, on his, uh, I think it was the Saturday uh, Pack a Day podcast. The Packers have a lot of really good players, but they're not playmakers. And in fact, if you want to talk about a playmaker, who caused the fumble on A.J. Brown? It was Rudy Ford. It's the guy who's supposed to be a backup, break glass in case of emergency, not playing safety guy who gets in there. But because of his mentality, again, getting back to that defense is an attitude, he makes a play and they almost get points off of it. A Walker had a second gear because uh, he looked like he was running with cement in his shoes. He houses that fumble again,
3: or Jair J- blocks it, J- or
4: George. right. Yeah, that's true. Jair, <laughs> and again, there, there it is again. Where it's like the. But they did get points. They, they yeah, they still got points. Defense didn't, but the the the, the 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 they scored on after that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they did. Yeah, they, they did. I'm just giving, I'm throwing shade at Quay Walker because I, I just, you know, I, I, I,
1: I love that return. He was bobbing and weaving and he was he like,
4: he wasn't was. Listen, was when hilarious. you're, when you've already, you know, when you've already kind of chased a guy downfield and like, you're in the middle of a play and you're, you know, it's like you're, you're middle of the play gas. and so now you got to pick up the ball and you're like, God, I gotta go 65 yards in the NFL against like the top athletes in the world. Like, yeah, you're going to get tired. Like, you know, I'm obviously giving him a hard time. He did a lot better than, than I would have. But as as far as the defense goes, and I look ahead again, looking at this Bears game, I don't I don't necessarily I'm not worried about the Packers as far as winning the game because they're not. Listen, for anybody out there that's still hoping and thinking, well, you can hope for it, it's fine. But if you're if you're thinking the Packers are are going to tank or not try to win this game, you're completely wrong. They're absolutely wrong. I mean, Aaron Rodgers wants to play if he can. We don't know if he's going to. They're not going to try to lose. There's too too much pride on the line, but here we are in a game where they could get embarrassed again if they don't have a plan for Justin Fields because this again this, these things just continue to befuddle the, the the Packers mobile quarterbacks tight ends it's the same thing over two different coaching staffs two different GMs different regimes different players totally different everything it just I, I if we if we look ahead here and I guess this might be the time to to talk about what we wanted to talk about. In, a little bit about what the future might look like if, if it's Joe Barry's not going to stay in green Bay. And I still am not hundred percent sure if it's a scapegoaty thing or not, but the defense does not look good. And they definitely did not perform well last week. So or any week, or, you know, they've struggled. Well, they've had a couple.
1: They've they had their moments.
4: They started out. Okay. When they were winning games, the few games at the beginning of the season, they have not been good Tampa since Bay, they, they played very well and they have not, they have not been good since. So, if they're going to make a change and we're looking to instill a different attitude and obviously the players, they got They have to invest in some players as well. The low hanging fruit. And obviously the one name that, that Packers fans want to talk about. So we have to talk about, especially since Paul is here and he's Badgers fan is Jim Leonard, right? So if, if Joe Barry's not going to be here after this season from a, in Wisconsin follows the Badgers closer than either of the other two of us here, Paul, where, where are we at with that? Like, what's your take on that? as it currently stands. Obviously right now he has a job, so it's not like he's looking for a job yet.
2: Let's be real. The way this season is going, it would not be super shocking to see any Packers fan cracking open a can of beer at 9 a.m. on any given morning. It's been a long year, but while it would be understandable, it's probably not actually a can of beer. It's probably an ice cold refreshing can of liquid death, a new mountain spring water from the Alps. Why is this delicious water called liquid death, you ask? Well, because it will brutally murder your thirst, and their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Friends, liquid death tastes incredible, and I can give you that endorsement based on my own experience. I'm not a huge sparkling water guy, but I'm telling you, the lime liquid death is beyond for real and will have you rushing back out to the store for more. Add in the fact that it's a win for the environment and it looks funny when your kids are drinking Tallboys while watching the game and you basically have a perfect product. So go get your own Liquid Death at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or hy or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com packaday. That's liquiddeath.com packaday.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
3: Yes, I I would have to think that Lafleur would be interested because reportedly offered him the job before Joe Barry. So presumably, to a degree, anyways, that that same interest level is going to be there. And Jim Leonard with Wisconsin, you know, in his time there, Jason, you're talking about bringing a mentality, and I think even if you don't watch the Badgers a ton when you hear Badgers football, you think defensive yes. game. Yes, yes. Um, brings, uh, you know, even when he took over as head coach, talking about the offense, he wanted to bring back a physical nature to the Badgers offense. Uh, he's aggressive. He'll use stunts, blitzes. They run a 3-4, but he's he's not afraid, again, in running those stunts and blitzes to utilize man coverage either. Uh, and he utilizes movement as well between the linebackers and the offensive front to try to... Uh, you know, make things, make things more challenging for the offense and to decipher what's taking what's taking place. So I, I can definitely see the, the excitement around that. My, my question, however, is if you're Jim Leonard and who knows what happens at Wisconsin if he stays at, does, as defensive coordinator, gets a head coaching job elsewhere, but in college football, a lot of those conversations are taking place now. And based on what Lafleur said, it doesn't sound like they're going to move on from Joe Barry, at least during the season here. So now the Packers aren't starting their search till mid-January, at least for Leonard or anything. Well,
1: yes and no, Paul. Okay, I mean starting, it, but... starting it
3: starting behind the scenes.
1: Yeah, I mean publicly, Lafleur Le- can't come out and say, "Yeah, well, we're going to keep Barry around, but we're looking." He can't. He can't say that. So mm-hmm. publicly, yeah, Barry's going to be here, but they could call Leonard anytime they want. I mean, them. I'd be shocked if, and not even Leonard, his agent. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd be if 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 the Packers do indeed have interest, and like you said, why wouldn't they? They he was their number one guy two years ago, and he, he turned them down. So um, if there's interest, I'd be I'd be shocked if whether it's Guttenkunst or whoever has not reached out to Leonard's agent just to say, hey, is is, is your guy? Would he want to come here? let we talk. What's going on? You know.
4: Just see if there's the even an interest agent, level. Now
1: nah, he wants to, you know. That's a. That's... There's been this happens all the time. I mean, it happens yeah. to players, when, when it, and that's illegal. Um, yeah. This is even. Uh, I mean, this is legal. They're not doing anything wrong by contacting a, a college coach. I mean,
3: no, that's um, a that's a good perspective that I hadn't thought of. However, yeah, I'll that, add. That,
1: that, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll add. You know,
3: the prospect of you know, and I guess how much have the Packers made up their mind that they want Leonard compared to anyone else? But the prospect of hey. We're going to interview you in a month versus, hey, USC is offering you the defensive coordinator job. You want it? Um, and That's
1: I, on him. We'll he's a Wisconsin guy, right? Yep. Born, born and raised.
3: Born and raised. He don't want to go to Los Angeles then. Okay, well, you get my point as an example. Or, you mm-hmm. know, maybe there's a head coaching job. And I'll also add this, too. If you're Jim Leonard and you can go be the defensive coordinator, he's been one of the Badgers have had consistently, one of the top defenses in the country uh, under him. He could probably go to a lot of places or, you know, many places and be the defensive coordinator there. Many top programs, I should say, mm-hmm. like the USC, for example. So mm-hmm. if you're Jim Leonard, hey, do you want to come to USC, who looks like they're going to, you know, they're going to be moving to the Big Ten, but looks like they're at least going to be, a, you know, one of the top teams in the country for some time, have that stability, or do you want to come to the Green Bay Packers who have had, three special teams coordinators in three years, two defensive coordinators in four years. You know, if you're just looking at it from a job stability standpoint, um, you know, those, those are questions I wonder. And this is a question that I posed in the recent article of mine about how uh, how enticing is the, the coordinator position for, you know, some of the top candidates out there. And obviously, there's only 32 of these jobs in the world. The Packers are going to have a long list of people who would line up to, to have that job. Um so we know that part of it. But if you're a top candidate, if you have options elsewhere, you know, how how enticing is this role compared to some of the other ones that are out there? Especially for a team. I'm just gonna have one more thing, Mark. Um, because I know you had a good counterpoint to this. But this is a team that are they gonna have are they gonna be a true Super Bowl team moving forward? Because if Aaron Rodgers is back, those expectations might not be there. Or those expectations to be a Super Bowl contender might still be there even though talent wise, roster wise, they're not at that level anymore. The window might have closed. So it to a degree, if you're coming in as a defensive coordinator, which in Green Bay has routinely been the scapegoat, and I understand that <laughs> the, the past defensive coordinators and the issues that have been there and the 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 you know criticism that they've received has been deserved at times but it almost feels like to a degree when you come to green Bay as offensive coordinator, the seats
1: already a little hot for you. Well, here, all right, let me just say this first. I, I don't know Leonard at all. I don't, I, I remember him as a player with Baltimore um, as a coach. I mean, I like what you said about them. I, right? that's the kind of guy the Packers need. Um, and, you know, it, it dep- a lot will depend on how much he wants to stay in Wisconsin, <laughs> you know? And I mean, sure. He'll have other opportunities. USC is a, a good example. Um, and maybe other maybe other NFL teams will call him I don't know but if you know if he wants to, is he married does he have kids I don't know like it's his personal life
3: Yeah
1: he does Then he might yeah. not want to move the family around I don't I mean I don't, again I don't know him. I don't know him at all so I don't know As far as the Packers being an enticing job it's still the Green Bay Packers I mean do you want to be the Green Bay Packers coordinator or the Carolina Panthers Right mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's a coach in the world that would take the Panthers over over <laughs> the Packers Or do you want to go to Washington? That mess. Or do you want? You know, I know they're playing good ball right now, but you don't even know who the owner is going to be next month. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of yeah. The Packers are having a down year. You know, and it's their fifth losing season in 30 years, which is less than any other team in the league. So you know, this one bad year can't overshadow the fact that they're the Green Bay Packers. They still have more championships than any team in the in the league. If they beat the Bears this week, they'll have more wins than any team ever. They're gonna, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of good reasons to want to work for the Green Bay Packers over some of these other these other teams in the league. Not not everyone. There's other teams that, you know, that are pretty good too. But and and then the, the other thing is, if you're Jim Leonard or any top defensive coordinator, you get to run your defense. I mean, you're gonna if you if mm-hmm. Matt LaFleur is like Mike McCarthy and Mike Holmgren and Mike Sherman prior to him, they kind of let their defensive guy run their defense. They don't get they don't get in his way. You know, Holmgren didn't get in the way of Fritz Shermer you know McCarthy didn't get in the way of Dom Capers you know if I don't I don't know who what other jobs are going to be open but if I'm a defensive coordinator I don't want to work for or I'd rather not work for a defensive minded head coach I don't want to be you know Sean McDermott's defensive coordinator in Buffalo even though they're a good team because basically I'm just running Sean McDermott's defense I'm, I'm the coordinator but it's his defense just like I I wouldn't want to be Matt LaFleur's offensive coordinator I'd rather be his defense coordinator Mm-hmm. um I'd, I'd always want to be the opposite of what my head of what the, my, my head coach is so again i don't know we'll see i think we all agree barry that they are going to get rid of barry after the season right
3: yeah i think it the the defense just when you have expectations as is high as they did and where they're performing right and the money they spent
1: the money they spent and, yeah, and the and draft they, capital and the draft yeah. capital they spent they, they, mm-hmm. they can't and you can't get i mean even if it is all the players fault when you, mm-hmm. well you can't get rid of you know Eleven buyers. <laughs> right. So you get rid of. I mean, that's just the, that's just the way it works in in, mm-hmm. in pro sports. The the coach or the, the coordinator or whoever it takes the fall. Different
4: um, different GM. But does anybody have any leftover just caution, you know, cautious optimism after watching previous regimes let a dom capers? I don't know if Mike Petton stayed too long, but
1: I would have kept that.
4: And that's yeah, that's that's the other that's the other debate there too. I was actually going to ask you, Mark, because it wouldn't be one of our shows without an Eagle story about Jim Johnson. There's no question Jim Johnson's defenses were fantastic, and you want to talk yes. about an attitude they they did not lack it. So then, when you covered some of the other defensive coordinators and the differences between them, you know, well, is, I'll give you the, I mean, yeah,
1: all time Eagle story, but how
4: much? But you know, does that does that add any any credence to what I'm saying there? Because I guess the point is, is I, you know, Jim Leonard is great or anybody Insert certain name is, is a great idea or great theory, but are they going to instill a, a different attitude is my question?
1: Well, that's, that's part of their, that's part of their, their job is not, it's not just scheming. It's that attitude. Like you said, um, I think we've seen it now. It hasn't been, it's been a special teams. Let's, just look at the Packers special teams. for instance. They finally got it right. This guy's a pretty good coach. Now, again, the special teams aren't, top five in the league but they're not 32nd anymore either they still make mistakes but it's only his first year give him you know and i i've told the story a million times about harbaugh with the Eagles special teams and 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 you saw that coming he they were the worst in the league he came in that first year they were like in the teens i forget forget exactly where maybe 16 17 and then the next year and then the next whatever 10 years they were top five every every year you brought up jim jim johnson Yeah. Great defensive coordinator. Nobody will ever tell you one of the top, top 10 of all time, maybe higher, probably higher than that. But when he passed away, they hired Sean McDermott. They promoted Sean Sean McDermott to defensive coordinator and he got fired after a year and which was kind of surprising. And then Andy hired, and this, and I have my own theories on on this one, but
4: um,
1: they hired, juan castillo who was their offensive line
4: coach, yeah i remember that that was a weird to one. be their
1: defensive coordinator and that was a complete disaster
4: that's like the that matt patricia the post- running the offense in new england type of deal it's like what did they worse doing? yeah <laughs>
1: even worse at least patricia was a head coach at yeah juan castillo is a nice a real nice guy and wasn't a bad became worked and worked his way up to become a pretty good offensive line coach but he had no right being a defensive coordinator that was just a And my own little behind conspiracy theory take on that was I remember the season ends. The Eagles have a bad year that uh, under when, when McDermott was coordinator. Um, I, I, my question to Andy, I, I asked him, does, does he foresee making any changes on it? This was like the day after the last game of the season. Does he foresee making any changes on his coaching staff? And he flat out said, no, unless somebody gets a better job somewhere. No, you know, I'm no, we're, I'm, I'm bringing everybody back. And then, a, like, a week later, maybe, and Andy's on vacation. We get a press release from the PR guy saying uh, we relieved Sean McDermott of, of his duties, blah, blah, blah. I immediately call and say, I got I need a quote from Andy. Andy told me a week ago he wasn't making any changes. Now you, you, you fire McDermott. Andy's not he's not available. He's on va- vacation. Um, but Joe Banner is going to talk about it. Joe Banner at the time was the mm-hmm. general manager. I don't know what his Tudor was president, but he was kind of general manager, too, even though Andy was kind of in charge of personnel. But to, to this day, I'll tell you that Joe Banner fired McDermott, not Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. And Andy, in a, in a vindictive way, said, oh, you're going to fire my coach? All right, I'm going to hire Juan Castillo to be defense coordinator. Then.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. I swear to God, it don't, it's the only thing that makes any sense that, in, the, in that whole <laughs> thing that happened. <laughs> Because and at that point Andy didn't. I think he kind of lost interest in you know being there. Uh, that it was. kind of like it was. I, I say this all the time. Andy Reid and Mike McCarthy were exactly their their careers. And if Dallas wins the Super Bowl this year and it's not added around the possibility, their careers will really be identical.
4: Yeah, yeah. No, they they will. There's a lot of parallels there and lots. Of, I mean the, the playoffs are going to be fun. Unfortunately, we won't be able to watch it the same way we do when the Packers are in it. But Come I on, guess my blood pressure will be lower. Yeah, well, in, in theory, unless the Vikings go on a run. But, oh, you know, it's a whole other story. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I it, it's an intriguing conversation because the Packers just have so many, like we said, go back to the beginning of the show, the head scratching, the the situation where we, we can't figure it out. We can't put our, our fingers on it. I mean, Paul, you're the one that you write all these articles and have PFF and look at all the numbers and everything like that. If you're still saying at this point, obviously, I know you're not like a defensive coach you know, by trade, but if you're still saying at this point, I don't know, like it's just, it's, it's one of those seasons. You just kind of, hopefully they bounce back next year and we we can call it an anomaly and say it was just 2022 was a stinker and, mm-hmm. and then regroup and, and come back in, in 23. So if we get back, okay. So if we get back to this, this bears game at this point, right now, we've well, talked we just, about Can I
1: one more thing before we go, we go to about yeah. Barry and it. if you're going to get rid of Barry, Get rid of everybody.
4: They have Maybe to they keep one guy. The whole staff, basically, right?
1: When they got rid of Petton and they brought in Barry, it, they it was because that was the only that was the only difference, right?
2: And mm-hmm.
1: For the most part, well, then Mike Smith left on his own mm-hmm. last year. Smith was there last year and then left this all this past offseason.
3: Yeah, this is his first season gone,
1: and he left on his own. They didn't fire mm-hmm. him. He, was, yep. he just went to Minnesota with uh, Penton. But I mean, because again, Barry, I want I I would like to see Barry move on. But then take dress – it's not all his fault. His I, I, I think the assistant coaches carry as much responsibility for this for the, the regression of the defense mm-hmm. as Barry does. That's why people want to promote Jerry Gray. Fire Barry and promote Jerry Gray. Jerry Gray. Uh, mm-hmm. no. The secondary has been the worst. No, part of the team. yeah, <laughs> right. no. Well, because
4: because Jerry Gray has been a coordinator before. It doesn't mean he was yeah, good at it. years ago. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, mean he was good hey, at it. Come
1: on.
3: There's a disconnect, like obviously, Gray. throughout – that whole side of the ball it's somewhere and it's probably both instances, but Barry's message to the position coaches isn't getting relayed to the players correctly, or, right. you know, there's something because it's the same issues from week one are still rearing their head now and entering week what 13. And in some instances it's worse. So yeah, I a hundred percent agree. It's got to be a top-down tear on that. Yeah, maybe
1: you keep one guy because usually maybe just for transition and maybe, I don't know, but, I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be upset if the whole the whole defensive staff is different next year. As it, but again a, next year because you stand nothing to gain by people want it done now. Well, no, it, it, that, that doesn't solve any problems
4: really. All right, so this so what's what's a failure what's a failure this this week against the Bears? How many yards does Justin Fields have to say that the Packers fail to do what they should obviously have done? And then what's our what's our game pick? So Paul, we'll start with you. Uh,
3: I think that they should. I think we should see a similar approach that they brought out against the Titans. The Bears lead the league in rushing attempts per game. Uh, Matt Lafleur said on Wednesday that although Justin Fields missed this past week's game, they're basically game planning for him to be up there. So do whatever you can. Those six-man fronts, the blitzes to, you know, shake up the, you know, to clog some of the running lanes. Uh, Quay Walker at edge just to add that added dynamic ability out there uh, for those outside runs. Uh, quarterback spy. I know they use that on a few occasions with Quay against uh, Jalen Hurts, but I think you just got to sell out to stop the run because this Bears' passing game has not been good, and they also don't have Darnell Mooney. I think he's been placed on IR. Uh, so just do whatever you can to stop the run. And then as far as game pick, I'm still gonna I'm gonna take the Packers in this one. It's Aaron Rodgers against the Bears. What's your score prediction? Um, I'll go. I'll go 27. Twenty-seven
4: twenty. All right, my full score. All right, so Mark, what what is it that happens this weekend that makes you say, "I can't believe they didn't do this against the Bears"? (laughs) What's your game? And what's your game pick?
1: Um, uh, I agree with everything Paul said. Is what is what they should do. Will they do it? I yeah, that's the question. I have any idea. I I have I, I, I really want to pick the Bears to win, but I can't pick the Bears to win. But I think I mean Fields could run. I mean Fields could run for 200 yards. He really could. Fields is Fields gonna Fields is gonna play? Right? We're pretty sure. So Fields I think so. Play.
3: That's what yeah. that's what they're game planning for. It seems to be trending that way. I mean, I
1: mean he practiced today too, right? He was limited, but he but he practiced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. Yeah, so he'll, he'll play. And it's, he he has a bad shoulder, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, well, he can't throw anyway. Um, <laughs> as long as his legs are okay. Yeah, he's going to kill him, and Rodgers is going to play right.
4: Yeah. Sounds like it.
1: I really want to pick the Bears. Really, I'm <laughs> curious. I'm so you,
4: so you really think you really think that Fields adds that much, and Rodgers is is that hurt that that it yes. flips the it flips the game? Okay.
1: I think I just Jordan. I mean, this isn't our topic, and I'm sure it's been talked about every day. Jordan loves to be playing
4: from here on out.
1: Mm-hmm. Now I'm I, I don't even want to talk about it because it makes yeah. me sick that people well, think he shouldn't play. Yeah, and you know, I've always thought I was pretty good in math. For especially for, for a writer, most writers aren't good at math. I was really good at math. They're not math. I mean, they're not mathematically eliminated, but they're mathematically. Eliminated. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Do you know what has to happen for them to make the playoffs?
4: About fifteen things. It's crazy. It's yeah, it's insane. I haven't. It, any, it
1: starts with them winning all five.
4: This is the first year since before there was an ESPN playoff machine that I'm not going to bother opening the ESPN playoff machine. No. Like it's it's <laughs> just not it's just not it's just not even worth it. I mean, I'll be honest think, with you. So so I
1: mean, the main thing is they have to win all five.
4: Yeah, have to and five. get help a ton of help. Well, yeah, but for, but they're not going to win all five. No, they're not. <laughs> so
1: you're asking a team that's won four games out of eleven
4: to double that? 12,
1: I'm sorry, four out of twelve to win five in a row. That doesn't. That just doesn't happen. It doesn't. Right. right. And and even if they did, I think it, like what a couple of teams have to like forfeit or something or plane crash.
4: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so you're so you're going Packers? Yeah,
1: like seventeen sixteen.
4: Oof. Low scoring affair. Um. All right. The Bears so I guess gets
1: an extra point at the end. So I guess or the Bears I'll, go for two and don't don't. And they don't something.
4: make it. Oh God! The so blood pressure will will be up for that. Oh one.
1: yeah, it'll be ridiculous.
4: So for me, listen, call me naive or whatever it is, but after getting gashed the way they did against Philly, I don't care how good Justin Fields is playing, and he's playing very well right now. If he goes over hundred yards, that to me is a failure. Even if the Packers win the game, you've got to you've got to step up and be better, and have a plan for that. Especially because. You know, Darnell Mooney's on injured reserve. He's not going to play. Their best receiver, if outside of Cole Komet, the tight end, is EQ. Equinemius St. Brown. He's Claypool. Oh, Claypool. Well, Claypool was limited yeah. on Wednesday. He'll probably play. I'm sure, but Claypool Wait, has did, not. Did the Bears play the Notre Dame fight song? Something like that, Dave. Man, well, Kemet's been very Kemet, good for Kemet,
1: them. And and St. Brown.
4: Comets has been. Kemet has been very good for them. He's he's broken out. He has turned oh, out to indeed. be what the Bears wanted him to be when they drafted him, and and he would have been a really per- he would have been a really good Packers tight end. But you right, know, great. I digress. I since, wanted him that year. So I he but went I, above
1: them in the second round, right?
4: So I, you did. You actually, I remember that you did. I remember that you did. So I I'm, I'm going Packers too. It's a clean sweep. The Packers win this game and I don't know, I'm thinking more like 24, 17.
0: Okay.
4: But something
3: something potentially exciting though. The offense is kind of sort of, you know, gaining a little momentum. They got two of their last three games with 30 plus and this, uh, this bears defense isn't very good. So maybe something. Well, the bears
1: up. I shouldn't say give it up, but they trade it. Two of their best defensive, play- three of their best defensive players, right? Mm-hmm. But they traded their best, their best player to ball. Eddie, Eddie yeah, Jackson, yeah. I
3: think Eddie Jackson is. And yeah, it, it doesn't sound like Eddie's going to play.
4: Yeah, that's what I thought. He's he's got to I mean, Yeah, he's I'm hurt. just saying if
3: you're looking for some optimism, folks, some excitement, the offense is gaining a little momentum. Christian Watson's emerging. Uh, but, you know, they're going against a not very good defense. You might know, might be an exciting game in that regard.
4: No, for sure. Okay. Well, clean sweep. So, all right, clean sweep for us. <laughs> Mark's uh, not buying it. Packers. Oh. I mean, I'd like to see it. I
1: just I, I, this team. Like every time I think they're like, yeah, Dallas. I was like, oh yeah, that was what right. I. And then they go out and you know they they didn't mm-hmm. pick up any momentum off that Dallas win, like everybody
4: thought they might. No, they definitely didn't. It got and it only took three days for that to go away. So, uh, before we before we sign off, Paul. Obviously, it's been great to have you here. And since and since. The last time you were with us, you have joined Packers Wire. So just tell all of our listeners what it is that you're doing over there and then what's coming up there and over at Dairyland Express.
3: Yep. So doing the same thing there then been doing knocking out articles. So I actually wrote about a few topics we discussed today at Packers Wire uh, game planning for Justin Fields being tested against the run defense. Uh, also mentioned that, you know, Rudy Ford's playing his way into a contract in 2023 because of this play, but as we mentioned, the outlook of the safety position, um, and then over at Dairyland Express mentioned that article about the Packers' uh, defensive coordinator position, and on Wednesday, I feel like there's this feeling out there that the Packers are at that crossroads: Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love, and we're finally at the decision point, but in reality, these two could still be on the team together next year because... While they have to decide on Love's fifth-year option, that's for 2024. Next year, he's still playing on his rookie deal for like a $3.5 million cap hit. So they aren't quite at that point. It doesn't mean something might not play out differently, but if those, but they don't actually have to decide one or the other yet.
4: Right. No, absolutely. And then Mark over at Packer Report.
1: now is the the synopsis of the game than an instant analysis, which isn't instant anymore, but you can still read about it. And then coming later today, or depending on what time you're listening to us, it might already be up. I do a, a story on four players, and I'm not going to tell you who they are because I want you to have to read it. Four players besides Jordan Love who should be seen a lot more of the field the rest of the season. You, you can guess later.
4: All right, very good. Well, quick slants two on will offense, be... two on defense, two I'll, on all, two on a... keep, keep it, it even. even. And then Quick Slants podcast will be out after the uh, Monday up on Monday morning with the reaction to the Bears game and what they did well and what they didn't do so well. So thanks, everybody, again, for riding along with us. Paul, thanks for coming on. It was good to have you back. Everybody who sent in weather, we'll be back again next Thursday to do what it is that we always do. In the meantime, everybody, hope winter is – It's a
1: bye week next week, right?
4: Yeah, That's true. It is. Uh or yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a bye week. So we'll have I guess we can open up the uh, open up the mailbag. So I don't know, Paul, if you're the Packers
1: defense might stop the bye.
4: <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Meaning they have to play a game because they couldn't they couldn't get the bye. <laughs> that that would that would only be too fitting. Only be too fitting. But but we'll see what it ends up being that we talk about next week. But in the meantime, hope everyone is winter's treating everyone well. Stay warm wherever you're at, and as always, go Packo